Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from deep in the Eublifaris galaxy, on a small planet called Gekonia, east of the albino hills and south of the raging leucistic river, comes the one, the only, Gecko Nation Radio. Good evening, citizens of Gecko Nation. Today is December 20th, 2015. Uh, well, first off, I wish hope everybody's having a great holiday season, and uh, I want to wish everybody uh, Merry Christmas, because that's coming up soon. Uh, we won't uh, be talking to you until after Christmas. So I hope everybody's doing good and enjoying the, the season. I hope everybody stays safe and uh gets all the gifts they want, that's for sure. And, uh, well, tonight is a show that's probably long overdue, and our guest has been on in the past uh, one time. And um, I first met Dave Durham through YouTube. I've never met him in person, but uh, going back about four, I don't know, probably four years, uh, there was a core group of hardcore YouTube herpers, and uh, Dave was certainly one of them, and uh, myself and a few others uh, posted regular videos. Uh, at the time, there really wasn't too many people doing uh, herp-related videos. I mean, that's totally blown up now, of course, and a lot of people are uh, doing videos out there. And uh, One thing's for certain, though, is Dave's videos were very, very unique, and they caught the attention of myself and many people right away. Um, his channel, I posted the link in the on the Facebook page, the Gecko Nation Radio Facebook page, and uh, in the group Gecko Nation, so you guys can find that easily. And uh, as the show goes on, I'll post a link in the chat room for you, too, uh, if you haven't found them. And, you know, you probably have seen his videos and didn't even know it, because people have taken clips of his videos and built their own YouTube channels around pirating some of his clips. And you've probably shared... His, clips of his videos on these Facebook pages that pop up. And uh, there's a thing out there right now where uh, building Facebook pages can make you money. And the way you do that is you invent the page and you take popular clips that you that people, you know, you, you know what I'm talking about. You've seen them a million times and you like them every time you see them. And there's probably about 100 of those certain ones. And a few of Dave's videos fall into that category. And you know, you build a page and it gets a, a million shares and then you go and sell the page and you change the name of the page and by you sharing these pages, you know, you think you're, you know, doing sharing something cool and you are, but at the the end result is people can now take that page that's totally built up, delete all the, all the, the posts, change the name and use it for a totally different purpose. Maybe it's something that you wouldn't even agree with in a million years. So... But that's the nature of Facebook today. <clears throat> but in any event, in any event, Dave's channel deserves credit, and uh, he's definitely getting noticed now. And that's really cool because, yeah, sometimes it takes time. So he's getting. I, I know tomorrow he's going to talk about. He's got a film crew coming out to his house tomorrow to film it uh, for a documentary of some kind, which is awesome. But uh, we're going to get into all that tonight. And but Dave's main. Uh, claim to fame is he is the lizard whisperer. Uh, this man can train 
lizards. <laughs> they come to him when he calls them, and uh, he can take a really wild one that is not tame and tame it within a matter of time. It's just amazing. So uh, we're going to have a good time tonight. Well, we wouldn't be having such a good time if it wasn't for our awesome sponsors. All right, so please, folks, check out our sponsors. They do take care of our show listeners. Okay, so mention the show when you do business with them. All right, they're going to they're going to hook you up definitely. Check these guys out. Hey, folks, check out our awesome sponsors. Uh, starting with Dale's Bearded Dragons, they have a brand new website, dbdpet.com. Check them out, and. Uh, they have basically anything you need for reptiles, all kinds of reptile supplies, heating, lighting, uh, supplements, anything you could use. All right, check them out. Also, you can check out their other site, FlexWattHeatTape.com, if you're in need of heat tape. All right, now, if you guys are in need of dubia roaches, one of the best uh, sources for dubia is our sponsor, ABDragons.com. Check them out. And they have also a whole bunch of uh, obscure roaches that you don't normally see in the trade uh, so if you got specialty type of uh, reptiles that don't take the normal crickets or mealworms, you may want to try some of these uh, rarer species of roaches. All right, so check them out, abdragons.com. And uh, for Gecko Nation radio listeners, they have a standard 5% off uh, code, which is Gecko, all in cap. Okay, let's talk about Rainbow Mealworms, rainbowmealworms.net, one of the best suppliers of mealworms and other uh, insects for your reptiles. Largest worm farm in the world. Uh, best customer service that I've found. I use them exclusively. And uh, you guys can contact them at rainbowmealworms.net. And if you're shipping reptiles anywhere in the U.S. and uh, in and out of Puerto Rico and uh, Canada, you guys can use reptilesexpress.com. Great customer service, awesome rates, lowest rates that I've found uh, for your FedEx labels. So ship the legal way, ship the right way, and ship uh, with the company with the best rates and customer service. Check out reptilesexpress.com. And for gecko breeders, we have Mr. John Scarborough over at Gecko Boa Reptiles. Geckoboa.com is a specialty breeder. He does a lot of work with top bloodlines of leopard gecko morphs and some obscure species like cave geckos and uh, rarer stuff too. So definitely check out John over at Gecko Boa Reptiles at geckoboa.com. And uh, we also have Thad who uh, runs Ohio Gecko. Ohio Gecko is known for really nice tangerines and snows and fat tail morphs, such as the Starburst, which he is pioneering. So check out OhioGecko.com. And he also runs uh, GeckoForums.net. So best source of information on the history of leopard geckos, GeckoForums.net. All right, and of course, uh, guys uh, need anything from Mr. Ron Tremper. He is the godfather of leopard gecko morphs. Wouldn't be here without him. So definitely check out LeopardGecko.com. He has a bunch of really cool apps as well, such as LG Pro and L, uh, Leopard Gecko Care. So check out LG Pro and Leopard Gecko Care in your app store. Great apps if you're a beginner or a seasoned hobbyist. Wally Kern over at Supreme Gecko does a fantastic job with day geckos and cresties and has supplies and food for all those guys and uh, definitely works with some obscure species as well. So check out SupremeGecko.com. There's a wealth of information on his website, too. And if you're in the market for racks for your snakes or geckos, one of the biggest uh, rack manufacturers, probably one of the best in the world right now, is SeaSerpents.com. Check out SeaSerpents.com and HotboxIncubators.com. 
All uh, racks are made with genuine FlexWatt heat tape, made in America, the best and safest heat tape in the world, and high-quality construction. And uh, all you got to do is call up and ask for Chris, and he'll help you out. That's SeaSerpents.com. Last but not least, we have Happy Gecko Sticky Situation, run by Rachel Winchin on Facebook. You can also find her online at ReptileStickers.com. Definitely check out uh, Rachel's work if you guys are in the market for any kind of promotional material, graphic design work, logos, stickers, all kinds of great stuff. So that's Happy Gecko Sticky Situation on Facebook and ReptileStickers.com. I also want to mention, folks, that uh, our sponsor, another two other sponsors that weren't in that book, was SupremeGecko.com. Check out Supreme Gecko. Wally Kern is currently running his 12 Days of Christmas special where you guys get a chance to uh, win cool prizes from, well, one's a gecko for me. There's uh, products from Zilla, all kinds of cool stuff. So go to SupremeGecko.com or on Facebook, and you can find it through there. Definitely check it, check him out. He's also got great day geckos and cresties, and there's a really big wealth of information on his website. Uh, definitely worth uh, stopping by. Also, Mr. Ron Tremper, uh, you know him, you love him. He's been doing this for over 35 years. If it wasn't for Ron, we would not be having so much fun with leopard gecko morphs today. He's pioneered morphs such as the Bandit, the Tangelo, the Tremper Albino, of course, and all kinds of different variations from there. His website, leopardgecko.com, uh, is a really cool site. Go to the available page and check out what he's got. He's got some great pricing, and he ships all winter long like many of us do, um, safely and overnight, so you guys can get what you want. If you get some Christmas money and want to get a cool gecko, uh, definitely look into that. And he's got a great app for leopard gecko fans that want to learn about morphs. Um, it's called LG Pro. Go to the app store. Check out LG Pro, and there's also one called Leopard Gecko Care. And while I'm at it, I want to mention two other radio shows that you guys might find interesting. Um, Herpin Time Radio is doing a great job for over three years. Uh, they do all kinds of shows based uh, in herpin culture, and they have a huge archive now. So definitely go see Herpin Time Radio. They broadcast every Sunday at, I believe, 6 o'clock Eastern, 5 Central. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, uh, you'll like what they do there. They're They're cool. And also, um, if you're into corn snakes and colubrids, a new show that's out is Corn on the Pod. Check them out, Corn on the Pod. They're doing a great job. They've done some great interviews so far this season. And, folks, uh, if you guys want to call into tonight's show with your questions and discussion topics, the call-in number for tonight is, well, the thing is every night, it's 646-478-5331. We welcome your calls. If you want to call in and come on here, once you're connected, press 1 and I'll know you want to come on the air. If you just want to call and listen in, that's fine, too. Just don't press 1. You'll hear this show through your phone. All right. And if you like what we do here in Gecko Nation Radio, please help us out by sharing the posts that uh, we make for the shows on Facebook. That's how we reach new people. If you don't share, nobody else finds us. All right? Cool. All right. I gave Dave a bit of an introduction early, earlier when I first started the show. Uh, let's go ahead and bring him on and get into our discussion. Dave Durham, the Wizard Whisperer, you're live on Gecko Nation Radio. Hello, David. How's it going today? Doing great, Dave. How you How you feeling, man? How's everything going? Uh, everything's going good for me. I'm, uh, you know, in, enjoying life and loving them lizards. That's great. That's great. Uh, we talked in the past, and I'm, I'm so glad to have you uh, back on the show. And uh, for the folks that don't know who you are, and I'm sure a lot of 
people are ready to do. Why don't you give us a little history of, uh, um, you know, what you've been doing in herpetoculture uh, for, for many years now? Okay, well, I started uh, uh, raising uh, lizards when I was very young, uh, under nine, so it's been over 45 years that I've been raising lizards. And uh, most wow. of them in the beginning were just backyard lizards, you know, alligator lizards and things like that. But as soon as I uh, was able to to get a job, I started buying the, the lizards from the pet stores, the iguanas and the tegus and uh, things like that. And uh, So I've, I've been working with uh, the large lizards uh, mostly, but I, I, I love them all, you know. I, I have a couple of beardies too right now, but uh, and, and I've had smaller lizards in the past. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, uh, I've been working with these lizards for over 45 years, and uh, I finally about... Uh, well, let me see, about six or seven years ago, I finally started uh, teaching them to come to me when I call them, and uh, it's been doing real real good. Uh, I, I learned how to, uh, Big Boy was, was my monitor, he passed away last year, but uh, he was my one of my biggest monitors, and uh, when I, I went out and I, I saw him in uh, his cage, I have a big enclosure for him, I saw him in his cage and he was like in there in the tall grass, and I just uh, hollered out, big boy, and he, he stood up on his legs and turned around and looked at me, and from then on I knew he knew his name, and uh, he started coming to me when I would call him. So I have quite a few clips with big boy coming to me. When, when he can see me and when he can't see me, like in the barn, if he's in the barn, I can call him out of the barn. And The same with Buddy and uh, the same with Bruce and uh, Gail. And uh, I've had quite a few lizards that uh, that I've taught to, to come to me, uh, whether they could see me or not. So yeah. I think it's important to point out too, Dave, that um, they're not just coming to you because uh, you're going to give them a treat, like a dog would, so to speak. They're like when you call, and, and they live in a communal surrounding, so the different lizards could come at this. You know, like if you called out, uh, buddy, Gail could come to, but the specific lizard knows its name, and that specific lizard comes, right? It's not like they're yeah, they well, you know, thinking you're going to feed them, right? Yeah, uh, that's that's quite true. Right now, uh, Sophie's kind of dug her way up into the insulation in the barn, and I don't like mm -hmm. her being up, but uh, she got up in there somehow, and so so she's been staying up in the, like in the roof of the barn. And uh, I go out there and I'll call her. I'll say, Sophie, come here, and she comes running up <laughs> onto, you know, onto the barn. And she's a pretty fun little lizard. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's definitely true. I think they do know their names. But in in some, you know, uh, degree, uh, one guy told me it's like a gorilla talking to an animal. You know, I I don't really know how much they understand, but I'm pretty sure they understand uh, that I'm calling them. Uh, I, I even play uh, hide and seek with with Buddy. You know, I'll go from one <laughs> side of the house and call him, and then go to back to the other side of the house and call him, and I'll hide, kind of like you know a game, and uh, and he'll come and find me. You know, it's pretty neat. Those are my favorite videos, the hide and seek ones, and I, I also love the video with Buddy where he's playing with that that toy in the yard like a dog, like a puppy would. It's so, I mean, it just goes to show you that they're at least as smart as dogs. And oh yeah, which, and, which is which is fascinating. And and Bruce, aka Brutus, uh, the the one that you uh, <laughs> kindly rehomed to me, 
Uh, man, I really love that lizard too. I I I've been working with that lizard because that lizard just seems to be uh, one of the smarter ones that I've had. And uh, really, she, yeah, she does just about anything I want her to do. And uh, you've seen some of her videos. She's I think she's yep. really intelligent. And you know, it's like um, I just uh, I can't get over how how smart she is. But I wanted to work with her specifically because you rehomed her to me, and I wanted to like I and I did. I put it all on on my videos, and a lot of people just doesn't go into my channel and watch from the beginning of when I had uh, Bruce, aka Brutus, to now, mm-hmm. and I all the training. Uh, videos are on there, and I show people how I did it. You know, in each each different video, it's, it's progressive. But I I never really put it in like a uh, compilation or whatever you want to call that. You know, like a whole bunch of videos because it would take too much time. But um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, you can you can um, you can do different folders if you get time. You can set up folders where you can put certain videos into them and, you know, create compilations so it's not just like one long list of videos that people got to sort through. Um, there, is, yeah. there is that option there, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, you I'm know, still Dave, working. Was... So ahead, it's, it's been kind of hard to get on the computer and do all that kind of stuff. But uh, they can they yeah. can go in there from the time you gave her or rehomed her to me till now. I, I have uh, showed every video how, how I did it, you know, so. Right, right. And you know what? Uh, it's an interesting story. I'll tell it real quick about how uh, I, I used to, I thought it was a male, okay, and it was sold to me as a male, uh, rhino iguana. And, uh, you know, I let's put it this way. I, I hardly ever go on Craigslist, hardly ever. And just one day I was bored and I was looking at Craigslist and I seen the ad for a rhino iguana for 70 bucks, and I was like, this can't be real. All right, so I messaged the guy and the guy calls me up and he's like, yeah, come and take this thing. It's the nastiest thing I ever had in my life. I don't want it. Come and get it. And uh, it was the middle of winter time, and I drove to Jersey, and I, I uh, went to the guy's house and, you know, got got the lizard. And the guy hands it to me. It wasn't in a box or anything. It's like 10 degrees out. He goes, here, you got to take it. And I gave him the money. I go, dude, you got like a pillowcase or something for me to put it in? He's like, no, I don't have anything. And I, and I was like, all right, that's fine. So I just took the lizard. Luckily, I had a cooler in my truck, and I... Warmed it up real quick with the truck heat and got it home, got it home and um, I I the next day the very next day I built a six foot cage for it and I and I had this guy for a while for I don't know maybe a year less long well, about eight months or so and I couldn't do any I couldn't even go in the cage without this guy lunging at me and whipping me it was it was terrible um, and I you know and I was like wow this this lizard is too much for me right now and I was into the leopard geckos like I am today and. And then I contacted you, right, and see if you wanted them, and and uh, the rest is history. I sent her out to California. I sent her out to you thinking it was a male, and then she started laying eggs for you, right? <laughs> yeah, she laid eggs the very next year, you know. So she <laughs> was probably two or three when she laid her first uh, hatcher, uh, you know, and then she laid laid uh, another one last year. So it was, what? She's probably four now, huh? That's yeah. Kind of what. I'm thinking she's probably four. So yeah, and then last year when she laid uh, the the eggs, I filmed all that, and uh, because I helped her with the laying, you know, with the nest building and everything, it's like uh, she couldn't really figure out a way. So I dug a little hole, you know. She, she was kind of all over the yard looking for a place to lay. So 
I just kind of dug a little hole, and uh, she didn't like that one, so I went and dug another little hole, and I said, come over <laughs> here and look at She liked that one, and she started digging, and that's where she made her nest. And then uh, after she made the nest and packed the eggs real you know, real good with her, her legs and, and everything, I, I call it the uh, the egg-packing lizard dance that they do, <laughs> you know, with the uh, <laughs> It's kind of funny. She went the next day and uh, and took that uh, that the lid of that doghouse and pushed it on to her nest. And I I'd never seen anything like that before in my life. So I was thinking, man, that's that's a pretty smart lizard to take a man-made object and put it over her nest so it'd be protected, you know, and and she could go in and guard it. So you know, I yeah. Pretty- now now when you got. Uh, I used to call I used to call it her Brutus because I thought it was a a boy and it was so mean. I I was trying to think of a, a name that could be fitting for such a mean lizard, so I, I figured Brutus was good enough. And um, turns out, it, it, you know, it wasn't a male. But anyway, uh, you guys named decided to name her Bruce because you thought it was a male at first too. But uh, <laughs> it's funny. Um, but when you first got her, she was mean and. You know, how did you – let's talk about the training. How did you tame her? How did you get her to where, like, she wouldn't bite and she was mellow and calm with you? Well, whenever I get a lizard, and a lot of them are wild, like Buddy. You know, Buddy was completely wild, too. I haven't ever told anybody that, but he was full-grown and wild whenever I got him. And uh, he was – he was uh, – he was <laughs> – you talk about a lizard. <laughs> he was something else to get tamed down. But um, <laughs> but Bruce, you know, she was pretty small. So uh, and I was thinking, you know, it was a male because you know I really you can't really hardly tell unless you like pop them, you know, uh, whenever they're babies and I, I or even adults for that matter. But I, I really don't do that. And uh, so I I just. My old uh, game plan with lizards is if they lay eggs, they're female. If not, they're male. So try to name them a <laughs> try to name them a, a either or uh, name like Jesse, you know, or or you know. But anyway, um, yeah. I, the first thing I did uh, with her and what I do with all my lizards is I just hold them, and I hold them every day for uh, you know at least I I try at least an hour a day. Uh, I just hold them. I hold them so they can't move, and I just hold them every day. And uh, sooner or later, they figure out I'm not there to kill them, you know, and I'm I'm not going to hurt them. And uh, once they realize that, uh, you don't really have to worry about them biting, you know, so uh, mm-hmm. or, or attacking you or or anything. They they become real metal. And I've done that with. Uh, Lots of my, a lot, a lot of lizards that I've had that are full grown, like Big Boy. He was full grown. He did the same thing, and uh, you just have to hold him. You know, and a lot of people says that that might stress them out, but I think it stresses them out more if you put them in a cage for a year trying to get them to <laughs> to come to you. You know, yeah. and uh, trying to tame them slowly. You know, uh, I really think it stresses them out more. So I don't know. That's just my opinion. And, uh, no, I think you're right, and that's 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 exactly how I felt about uh, Bruce. And you know, even though I built this huge cage for it, it, it she always seemed like not happy in there. And you know, I did the best I could to take good care of her, but it, it's 
you know, a lizard like that, it, they they need to be out in the sun. They need to, they need they need like a room to to move at least to move around. And, and even green iguanas need huge enclosures or like a room space, and and they rarely ever get it in uh, captivity or people you know where people keep them inside. And so you know, just it, it gives me such a great peace of mind, and I'm so thrilled to see the videos of her out there in your uh, your outdoor park there just enjoying the california sunshine and you know showing up on the what is that a is that a banana tree out back you got there growing yeah it's a group of banana trees i i have a mixture of animals and that's another thing people don't like it's a big controversy and with reptile keepers you can't keep this animal with this animal and uh you know i i i wouldn't have started doing that probably except for uh People know me as the guy with the reptiles, and when they don't have an animal, first place they contact is me to get rid of them or whatever, or rehome them, or you know, I, I've got one out there right now from my, one of my grandkids, and Gail came from one of my grandkids, and uh, Gail, as you know, is a really fun, smart little lizard that I, I uh, trained, and uh, Savannah Monitor, right? Yes, and uh, and. Uh, you know, it's like uh, I I just I didn't know I didn't have the cages for them and didn't you know if they're two male iguanas you can't keep them together unless you have a big open area so I just started putting them all in the same cage and watching them because I I watch them for a long time make sure there's nothing going to happen and once yeah. I see that you know that nothing's going to happen I uh, I just let it go it's just like I I let the beardies out there all the time and. And none of the none of the lizards bother the bearded dragons. They've been out there for two years now. And they don't bother them, you know. And uh, they might step on them or something, <laughs> but you know they, they just walk over them, and you know that's about it. And I think the the ones that don't get along the most are the iguanas. The iguanas, the males and females alike, just don't want. They don't want to have some an iguana like right next to them all the time, you know, most of the time. Yeah. Unless they're, yeah. Unless they're going to sleep, then they want to all pile on top of each other. And I, I have <laughs> videos of that, you know, they'll they'll just all of them just pile right on top of each other. And I think that's for, uh, you know, for safety. You know, if if, if uh, one of them starts to move, and the other one feels it, and they go, oh shoot, there's someone some trying to attack us. So it might be that, or it might just be because they're in captivity and. They, they, maybe that's the system they got down. But uh, well, you, know, you know, and another when you're America, training lizards, when you're training lizards, that? make sure that they're warm, warm enough. You know, like I, I want them to be at least eighty, ninety degrees when when uh, when you're picking them up because when they're cold, they have a tendency to uh, to to be more afraid because they know that they can't. Uh, you know, defend themselves when they're cold. They can defend themselves yeah. when they're warm, so they have less fear of you when they're warm. So mm -hmm. that's another thing that I've learned over the years. Well, you know, um, getting back to the territorial thing, um, I think I think you know, especially when you keep them in small cages, yeah, two males are definitely going to fight for territory. But you have such a big backyard, and you know, they they have plenty of room to to space out and you know, do their own little areas. And, you know, I've seen videos of iguana farms. I mean, there are farms in South America that raise iguanas by the thousands, like, and for the for food and, and for the pet trade. But, 
you know, you see just thousands of iguanas all over each other. And I think in a setting like that, there's no way to even set up a territory for any of them. So they just kind of just get along because they have to. And because it's not like they're all going around killing each other or else these forms wouldn't exist. So I think it's like a psychological thing too, like where if one iguana thinks it can get away with it and bully another, it will. But in the case with, with you, you know, you have a communal setting and, I think they kind of just adapt to what is already going on there. And so you set it up where everybody gets along, so everybody kind of stays in line. Do you think that might be what's going on? <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, and, and that's another thing that I, I'm not uh, so much into the exact husband, husbandry of reptiles. I mean, I know the exact husbandry. I know, you know, green iguanas need 80% humidity and 100 degrees and, you know the the savannah monitors need uh lots of dirt to dig in and uh you know like 50 degrees 50% humidity and things like that but um you know I, i'm trying to uh to change the the reptiles and the only way you can do that is by giving them some kind of uh extremes to go to you know like uh, the different kinds of food like like i was saying before you know horses and cows weren't meant to live in Montana and eat hay, but now they do because they've been domesticated. And I think reptiles can do the same thing in, in a certain sense, you know. I mean, maybe not oh, all of them, but some of them should be able to do that, you know. And, uh, you know, look at tiger, you know, my one of my uh, ca- uh, captive hatched uh, iguanas. She's, in, in two years, she grew to four feet long, you know. And, wow. Uh, yeah, a lot of people don't really see that in, in iguanas, you know. And uh, and and our second birthday, I have that on on a video on my channel, so anybody can go and, and see that. And and I just think that uh, that reptiles can be more extreme than mammals because of the fact that in uh, in Russia they have that rattlesnake that goes out onto the snow, and up in Canada uh, they have that frog that freezes in the winter and 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 then uh comes back to life in the in the spring and the summer and yep. so there you know and you got the tutar that's in New Zealand that you know goes down to really uh, extreme temperatures so i i really think they can uh you know learn their their uh, acclimate into their uh, their te- their climate you know whatever climate that you can get them in as long as they can get warmed up because i see you know, when my lizards go outside and it's 65 degrees out, the sun is shining and they're outside and I hit them with a thermometer gun and, and they're at 85 degrees. So that's a 20-degree rise right there in the temperature just by them laying in the sun and not moving, you know. And yep. uh, I guess a lot of people might not know that, you know. So. Yeah, that's interesting. What do they do uh, when it's cloudy in California? There, what do they when it's on a cooler day? What, what do you notice? Oh, they go right back in the barn. <laughs> they know <laughs> where the barn is. It's just like Blue was out today, and it, it was raining all day yesterday, and kind of cool today. So I went out to check them. I, you know, I'm always checking them, and I went out to check them, and uh, Blue was out in his cage. So I went out and uh, and uh, see how he was doing, and. Uh, you know, he, he got down to probably 75 degrees, but then he went back into the barn, you know, because they all have a way to get big, back and forth into the barn. There's like four... Right, you have dogs. different entrances, right? 
Yes, there's four dog doors on the barn. There's one for Buddy and Gracie, one for uh, the main iguanas, you know, and and uh, and, uh, and Bruce. But Bruce also lives in Bruce lives in the backyard, and and she has a door that she can go into, and then Blue has a door that he can go into. So there's four four doors that they can get into, and then then the barn is separated on the inside. So uh, like Buddy and Gracie, they don't get along with the other iguanas, so they can't get being with the other iguanas, you know. And uh, yeah. but but Bruce gets along with the green iguanas most of the time. She's a little territorial, but she don't get along with Sophie. Please. So you can't wear that. Huh? I'm having you. Sex. Like, huh? Sorry about sorry about that. I had technical issues. <laughs> oh, oh. But uh, go ahead, continue what you're saying, Dave. Sorry about that. So anyway, uh, you know, uh, Sophie lives with the green iguanas, and uh, and then uh, you know, uh, Bruce either lives with the green iguanas or with uh, with the um, uh, by herself, you know, right now. But in the summertime, I like to keep her by herself. But she don't like her her uh, room is kind of on the on the lower floor of the barn and she likes to be higher up so she has a certain spot Bruce does she has a certain spot that she wants to be at and that's that's where she has you know that's where I let her go so she gets along uh, good with buddy no she no not her and buddy and and her her and Gracie don't get along the rocky guanas don't get along with each other for some reason <laughs> um like, do you think there's any chance that, like, you could uh, make a hybrid though between Bruce and and Buddy at, at some point? Like, breed them? You think maybe they would breed together? I've been thinking about it. I have been thinking about it. But first, I want to have uh, Gracie and and Buddy mate and have babies with them first, and then maybe Sophie, because they're threatened species, and I'd like to get them into collectors' hands, you know, so that they can keep. Keep uh, keep uh, producing uh, the baby bracts. So. Okay. What do you what do you feed your uh, what do you feed the iguanas and the monitors there? Well, the iguanas give them basically whatever they want. Uh, I have a, a hard issue with some of that too. It's like my green iguanas. Uh, I'm I basically feed them uh, iguana pellets. And and I also feed them all kinds of greens. They get greens, you know, a lot of a lot of different kinds of greens. And they get. Uh, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Go ahead. I'm sorry. The computer. For treats, <laughs> for treats they get. Uh, they they like bananas for treats and fruits like plums and uh, you know berries and grapes and. Uh, and for treats, the rock iguanas like uh, mealworms, and they love them. They they eat mealworms all the time. They they eat them at least. I probably give the rock iguanas forty or fifty mealworms a week, and uh, that that's just their treat. And and I know there's a big uh, hoo-ha about that uh, because they're saying rock iguanas aren't supposed to have, or iguanas aren't are herbivores. They're not supposed to eat any kind of animal protein. But if they aren't, then why why is it the last video I did with Bruce, I was giving Blue an egg, which is a monitor. Blue is a monitor. He can eat an egg, right? 
and they, he cracked the yeah. egg open, and the egg ran down the wall of the barn, and Bruce was at least 10 feet away from the egg, right? But as soon as she mm-hmm. seen that yolk running down the barn, she she went over and started licking that yolk. Now, the only eggs Bruce ever seen, and I don't even know, even know if she saw them, were her eggs that she laid. So uh, how, how did she know that that was an egg that, that Blue was eating and that that was food, you know? Uh, so I went in and I got her an egg and I put it down on the ground and she went right over to it and started eating it. I'm not saying yeah. I'm going to do that all the time, but it's just like it, it amazes me that that an animal knows what you know what kind of protein is in just like a white egg. <laughs> you know, I mean, no, yeah, like no, a, you're absolutely right. And even baby iguanas are are known to be primarily insect eaters as babies. You know, they grow up and they develop the the you know the instincts to seek out more plant matter, of course, but you know. The, they do have the ability to convert plant uh, plant matter into protein, but I think an iguana, most I think a lot of people will consider them omnivorous at this point because they do if they if they feel they're low in protein, they will seek out insects and stuff for 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 protein supplementation. You know. Well, and also in some places there could be enough vegetation that they don't have to uh, worry about eating uh, animal protein and. Anytime an animal eats another animal, it's kind of basically fighting for its life. So if a, if a lizard was to eat like a a uh, tarantula that could bite it and kill it, then that you know they could learn from that. So they might think it might be easier just to get the plant food. But then if they know uh, that they can eat like a a caterpillar that I've seen on a video before, where where these caterpillars were going across uh, in uh, Puerto Rico. And uh, these uh, doggone uh, rocky guanas were just munching the heck out, <laughs> you know, because that's, that's what they are. And that's what Buddy does, and that's what Bruce does. They, I find them all the time out there uh, hunting down snails and, and uh, stuff in my backyard. So, you know, I don't know why they would go yeah. in and look look for it, but they do. So, And that's, like and I say, that? that's, that's a, a big uh, controversy right now and. uh you know, in the reptile community. Or, or well, that, yeah, so. I mean, do people, uh, do you get any kind of like, uh, I guess you get, I, I'm sure you, you have so many supporters out there, but I guess you get some people out there that criticize you too. I mean, uh, what do they say? Anything crazy? I do get a few that criticize me, and they all they say is that you can't can't feed them uh, animal protein. And I'm not saying to feed them animal protein, you know. I'm not saying that at all. Do what you want with your lizards. But I had... Like, I've been raising them for over 45 years, and I had an iguana that lived for 13 years, and at the time that I got the iguana, I was in my 20s, early 20s, maybe 20, and uh, mm-hmm. at the time, nobody, everybody said, hey, just feed them lettuce, you know, just feed them lettuce, and that, you know, and I've already, I'd already been through iguanas that died because all I was feeding them was just lettuce and, you know, a few uh mustard greens and they just wasn't getting enough and at that time they didn't have any supplements that like they do now they didn't have any calcium supplements or anything like that so i started uh finding out what uh my green iguanas would eat and what they liked the best was a can of skippy dog food and that one lizard chrissy that i had she lived for 13 years and her main diet was skippy dog food now of course she might have died from liver failure 
you know, but she lived for 13 years, and that, that lizard never never saw a cage. That lizard lived in, in uh, the house. She had her own little branch that she could crawl up on with the light. She scratched one she wanted in the house on the door. She scratched one she wanted out, and uh, we lived in, uh, on a five-acre uh up in the mountains on a on a five acre parcel, and she could go anywhere for hundreds of acres. But she she would go out, and we wouldn't see her all day. And she'd come back in at night. You'd hear her scratching on the door right at dark. And, uh, That's amazing. Her in, she'd go and crawl on her uh, onto her log and go to sleep. And I left the light on for her 24 hours a day. 24 hours a day, I used a 100 watt heat lamp about 18 inches above her, and she slept and. You know, like I say, she lived for 13 years with me, with us, me and my family. Wow, so, I, I think that's amazing that she came back every day. That's that's amazing. Yeah, uh, it was uh, it was pretty pretty nice. Well, you know, she never lived. She she rode around on the back of my uh, on the back seat of my truck too, and all that. You know, she she uh, she was with me a lot, so she was, a, was pretty mm-hmm. neat of going. That that is interesting. Well, uh, you know, with, with the baby iguanas, though, um, I had a friend when I was younger. I mean, when we were kids, I had my first iguana when I was probably, I don't know, 13 or 14 years old. And I had this one friend of mine that had, he had savanna monitors and stuff and snakes. And he would always have leftover mice and pinkies and stuff from the snakes that wouldn't eat, normally the ball pythons that they wouldn't eat. <laughs> but, uh, he would give them to the iguana, and the iguana would eat mice and pinkies and everything. And he was feeding the iguana lettuce and vegetables and fruits, and of course. But uh, this this iguana would never turn down a mouse or a pinky. And uh, so, and that that was even from when it was a little baby. It was getting pinkies when it was a baby, and then it just grew up, and you know, it kept getting that protein. You never, never. Never turned it away, so I don't. I've know. had, I think, uh, I've had friends that did the same thing. They they had big iguanas and they would feed them mice all the time. They had snakes and and uh, everything, and and they if they had an extra mouse, they would throw it to the iguana, and the iguana would snatch it up. But you know, uh, I don't feed none of my green iguanas any kind of meat. If they if they want some mealworms, they're out there in the bowl when the when the berries are eating them, and the rocks go over and get them, and but the greens never go over and get them. But they're they're mainly on pellets, and uh, I like pellets because when I first started feeding uh, pellets about six years ago to uh, to my iguanas, Florence, uh, one of my older iguanas, had uh, laid eggs, and she she laid over sixty eggs, and I hatched forty nine babies from that one iguana. Wow! And her her wow. uh, her. Uh, the mate was red, one of my red iguanas. I had red and green iguanas that hatched out, and I had 49 babies, and I'm pretty sure that's a world record for captive-born iguanas. Wow. What did you do with all the babies? Well, I had to sell them, uh, so yeah. I just kept kept Tiger. I gave I gave uh, two to one of my nephews, and then uh, I had to sell the rest. I wouldn't have if I would have had a big enough area to keep them <laughs> you know I, I don't like selling them that's uh i you know i i was one of the first guys in the united states to bleed to breed uh or have uh black throats breed in captivity 
and uh, and black throat monitors. Uh, they're the Baroness albigillaris, and uh, I had 17 babies, and I I did everything quote unquote wrong, you know, and and having them babies. But uh, the Jeff Lim, the curator for the reptile uh, zoo down in uh, San Diego Zoo. Uh, he did a study, and I had 17 babies, and, and out of all the, there was, I think, two or three private uh, people that had breeding colonies of, uh, of black-throat monitors or pairs. And uh, the zoos that he mentioned had pairs, and uh, the highest that the zoo had hatch out was uh, 12, and I had 17 babies. And there, there again, I left the uh, lights on for them lizards all the time. 24 mm-hmm. 7 so i don't know if light really affects uh them kind of lizards <laughs> the big lizards anyway they just they can sleep through anything i think i think they uh, they can adapt they're very adaptive and uh captive husbandry has come, has come such a long way since you started when i started 20 some years ago breeding um actually 30 years now and it's just uh it's amazing um why don't you tell us a little bit about who killer is well, I don't have Killer anymore, but uh, oh, you don't. I had to rehome him because I, uh, if you know, out here in California, we can't have water anymore. And uh, what do you mean? And Killer was in a in a pretty good sized cage. Uh, some people thought it was too small, but he was a 150 pound cicada tortoise, and uh, and uh, you know, if I let him out in the backyard, he just he would tear up everything. He'd tear up boats. I even built a wrought iron fence for him to stay, and he tore that up and. He'd tear up. He tore up the bumpers on my boat and uh, tear up the, <laughs> the lawn furniture. He'd tear up everything. So I had to keep him in a in a smaller cage that was steel uh, steel on one side and uh, concrete block on the other side. And uh, but he he was a he was I I had him quite a while and he was a really fun tortoise. Uh, but um, I I bought him and a and another one as a pair. And uh, and I had two females, and I was going to start uh, having a, a breeding population of cicada tortoises, which I probably wouldn't have been able to sell. <laughs> but anyway, I would, cause they're cute. Little tortoises are cute. But um, anyway, uh, I had some financial problems, and, and uh, I put them up for sale. And, and people just want to buy female cicadas, so all they, they bought all my females, but they, they wouldn't take killer. So I just kept him, and uh, anyway, we we were down to where we can only use the water once a week on the outside, and we uh, and or pay the exorbitant prices that you know if you use over your amount, and uh, sometimes you get fined. So I I just decided to rehome him to a a man that had a a big enclosure with you know uh, lots of grass. And, uh, so he he went with another guy, but uh, he was a he was a big fun tourist. So. Tell us a little bit about the water restrictions in California these days. I live in Pennsylvania, and uh, you know the only thing I've ever seen when I was living in Jersey is we had a little bit of a drought, and they would only let us water our lawns once a week uh, one year. But other than that, I haven't seen anything like that in years. Uh, what's going on out there with the water, Dave? Uh, well, it's, well, 
they they have a thing where they're trying to restore one of the uh they built a lot of dams in California and one of the dams where I live uh or two of them one or two of them are keeping water out of a river that goes to the coast and uh they want to re uh establish that river and in order to do that they have to let the water out of the dams to uh to make the water go all the way to the coast, right? And uh, mm-hmm. so actually it goes to a, uh, a delta. And uh, and uh, they want to reestablish the salmon in that river. So instead of keeping the water for us to use, they're letting it out so that they can maybe one day reestablish the salmon. And uh, since we've been in the drought, they keep letting the water out every year. And uh, they're not letting us pump any water in from the Delta, uh, where they have a lot of bigger rivers, like the American River and the Sacramento River, that are flooded almost every year. And, uh, and then, uh, so we, since we can't p- pump any water out here for our farmers, they're using up all the groundwater, and uh, you know, the underground water, and uh, for their wells. So uh, yeah, it's. We can uh, we can use the water once a week, but uh, if if we use it on, and that only has to we can only use it on Sunday here where I'm at we can only use it on Sunday. So if you're gone on Sunday, <laughs> you can't use the water. So one thing one way I got around that is I've been using misters uh, for my lizards. And, uh, it's legal in this town to use misters, so I kind of got around. And- that. Are you allowed to collect your own rainwater? Uh, yeah, you could, I guess, if you wanted to. But uh, actually, uh, this year is the only time. I think it only rained like twice last year, so we, we really oh. haven't had very much rain. You know. Okay. So, yeah, wow. It's been pretty bad out here. But uh, if they would just store the water in the in the lakes, we'd be okay, you know. But we can't even uh, do any boating or anything because uh, my boat's been sitting for like two years. I've, I've only taken it out once, in the la- once a year in the last two years, I believe, something like that. Wow! So it is as bad as, as they're saying. You know, well, we don't. I don't live there, so I don't know. So, but the the, the shortage is bad, right, Dave? It's pretty bad, right? Yeah, it's real bad. Uh, and I don't know. They they keep letting people move in here, and I guess you can't stop them. But you know, uh, somehow they should stop building all the houses. <laughs> people might not move here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I guess you just can't stop progress, huh? So yeah. maybe they'll figure maybe they'll figure something out. And you know, they still they're building right here in Fresno. They're just building tracks and tracks of homes. You know, so that's. Uh, it's a lot, a lot of building. Let's talk a little bit about your YouTube channel. You know, I was thinking about this dilemma where people are taking clips of your videos and, you know, getting millions of hits on them on their channels, and, you know, you're getting thousands of hits. So if you're getting a good amount, but you should be the one getting the millions. And I think what they're doing, I think the key to that is they're they're just taking like a 15-second clip. I mean, people's attention spans today are so short to get somebody to watch a three-minute video, that's that's pushing it. But, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of us do watch your videos, and 
not everybody can sit through them. But I think the key is maybe to, to, to do some of your, take some like highlights from some of your videos and post them, like what the, like what these other guys are doing. What do you think? Well, uh, you know, I, I googled uh, lizard uh, leaps on lap like a lap dog, and I found I think ten other channels that had that one on, and and some had lot uh, <laughs> more of my videos. So I just googled that in ten minutes. I found that, you know, and that's just one of my videos, you know. So um, that that video I think has about one hundred seventy thousand views on my channel which they pay me for because they are running ads on like five five or six of my videos. Well, I just I just sold five videos uh last week. But uh so they'll be running ads on five more, but um uh yeah, these people are uh out of the 170,000 that might have given me like $108, you know, and I did this for, you know, because I'm older and I'm trying to retire and I thought, well, people want to enjoy, you know, watching my lizards and Maybe I could run a few ads, and I don't really, or never really wanted to run a lot of ads on my videos, but uh, a few, you know, on a few of my my uh, videos would be fine. And uh, I found out that uh, on that uh, lizard leaps on a lap like a lap dog, uh, yeah, I have like 170 thousand views, and I one of one of them I went to had over 12 million views on it. So oh if, if I would have got royalties for that. I would have made about ten thousand dollars, you know, and uh, I just I I get really upset over it. So I, uh, I I'm pissed off I too. Huh? I said I'm pissed off too. Remember when I when I tagged you in that post at one time and I seen somebody sharing your video? I think it was the one where Big Boy was laying on your chest or something. And, yeah. Uh, oh, it made me so mad. And it had I, it, it had like so many million likes or something. I don't know. On Facebook. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, and that uh, that video is all over the world too, you know. So it's like, like you say, I'm gonna try to figure out how to uh, claim them if I can, and uh, and maybe put them in a folder and, uh, and show like a, a few. A lot of people are saying put watermarks on them, and uh, you know, I really don't know. Uh, I thought it was supposed to be copyrighted, and once it's copyrighted, if uh, YouTube should be watching. You know, I know they got millions of, uh, of uh, people on their on their uh, channel, but YouTube should be watching. And if they see somebody else, you know, they should like uh, my my agent says he has something that uh, like a pinger. Whenever you know uh, one of my videos goes to uh, another channel, he gets a ping and he'll uh, he'll contact that channel and stop them. But that's only the the videos that are running they're running ads on you know so, oh okay yeah. and and the thing the thing that uh gets me is when this when i first started uh with youtube i saw that you know after you get fifteen thousand views you can run ads and, and make a little bit of money i thought well i'm going to try that and i did and they started running ads but i wanted to go into the ads and look at them and uh and see if they were running anything negative, like you know, lizard skin boots or something like that. I wouldn't want that on my on my channel, you know. And uh, yeah. So, so, so uh, YouTube uh, said I was uh, like uh, cheating, you know, because <laughs> I went on. They they were acting like I was, uh, you know, uh, trying to increase my views by you know checking out what what they were uh, putting on. And so 
but what oh, I did was... Oh, because you were looking at your own videos, you mean, right? Yeah. So I tried to get that uh, raced off there, but, you know, the first year I, I was on uh, YouTube, I got 36 views, and I think the second year it went to, like, 2 million views. So I, I don't see how they think I could be, you know, cheating. And, and <laughs> you know, and then the second year they didn't even have any ads on any of my videos, so why would I even be cheating? They should they should check that and, and know that I wasn't even cheating. I was just trying to find out was what they were running ads on, you know. I wouldn't want well, no Alex. these guys that these guys that sell clips to your videos did the hard work for you. You should figure out a way to just download those clips. They are yours anyway. Those guys did the editing for you, and just repost them on your channel and see what happens. Just those those short clips. Yeah, well, I could do that. I guess I I just you know I'm like right now I'm pretty busy and I I uh, I might get. Uh, an hour and a half on the YouTube, I mean, on the computer a day sometimes. But that, you know, I spend, I get hundreds of comments uh, that I try to answer, and I, I can't, you know, answer all of them, but I try. You know, once you answer, like, 20 people, <laughs> you know, it starts getting, uh, it gets pretty tiresome answering, uh, you know, and I'm not very good at, no, I'm not even good at typing. I do about 23 words a minute. So and now I'm one-handed, <laughs> <laughs> so it's a little different. Right. <laughs> but uh, yes, now it's become a little little tougher for you. Um, well, we could talk about that now if you'd like. Do you want to talk about what happened? Uh, yeah, I don't care uh, about uh, the worst monitor lizard bite. <laughs> yeah. And how uh, many views did that video get? It was getting like ten thousand a day the first week, I think. Oh, something man. like that, but uh, you know, I that was a double-edged sword for, sword for me. I did not want to really put that up in one sense. I didn't want to put it up because of like arc, you know, and uh, and people thinking, uh, well, look, this guy, you know, he got attacked by a lizard and blah blah blah, you know, and they, they everything gets construed in in the internet, and pretty soon you know, mm-hmm. hey, all these all these lizards are attacking people, you know. But, um, yeah, but, uh, the thing about it was, uh, uh, blue, I worked with blue and, uh, when I first started on the internet, uh, on YouTube, uh, I, I bought blue and, uh, I had him tamed down in like six days. I think that's what it was because people were saying you can't tame my lizard. But I, I had him tamed down. Well, you've seen how fast I tamed down Brutus, you know, Bruce. Yeah. But anyway, I had what him tamed blue? down tell, like... Tell everybody, what, tell everybody what blue is, you know. Uh, uh, blue is a uh, blue-tail monitor of Baroness Dorinus. And he's about four okay. feet long, and he's beautiful. He's he's uh, spotted uh, uh, yellow yellow spots on a black background. He has a really long blue tail. And... Uh, uh, they look kind of like a, a Velociraptor, and I think <laughs> they might have stole my uh, uh, the name for that one on Jurassic World <laughs> from me because they yeah. they did. Plus they were training, plus they were training the the, the dinosaurs, the raptors. <laughs> I mean, where oh, did you, they get that? You got that? a lawsuit right there too, Dave. Go for it. <laughs> where did they get that from? <laughs> they had to, you know, Probably I had blue on their way before. Before that, you know, 
at least four years before that show came out. I don't know how long it took them to write it and produce it and everything, but, you know. And then they got training, the the Raptors. They they never had that before, yep. you know. So, <laughs> oh, think, that's so funny. Yeah, I think some people were watching my videos. So, I think you got a case. Yeah, I don't care. I, I don't, I'm not into suing people. <laughs> so, I'm only joking. You know, yeah, all right. I'm just, uh. Uh, you know, I I would sue these people that are firing for me if I could find them. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but uh, I think they should stop that, really, though. They should stop firing. But anyway, getting back to Blue, um, you know, Blue uh, has been in a like a 3-by-3-by-8-foot indoor uh, cage in the barn, right? In the lizard barn. That's what I call that out there, the lizard barn. And I made a, a separate cage for him, and it's three by three by eight feet long. And uh, you know, he he had the full run of that. But I was always wanting him. You know, I would take him out when I like when I first got him. I had him really tame, and I took him out all the time. And uh, you know, he he was getting along with me just fine. Uh, there's videos of me, you know, have calling him and having him come up and run on my shoulder, and uh, you know, so. So he was really tame, but then we got the dog, <laughs> and uh, once we got the dog, the dog was okay for a while because she was a puppy. But uh, after about uh, I don't know, maybe three, four, or five months, uh, the dog was like with me twenty-four-seven. Every anytime I was here, the dog was with me. You know, so she would follow me out to the barn, and uh, whenever I went out to get blue, she would follow me. And then all of a sudden, she started barking. At Blue, and every time I took Blue for a walk down the street or whatever, she would just constantly bark, 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 bark. She couldn't shut her up. And um, so she uh, eventually, I got tired of the barking, and I just quit handling him so much. You know, I just take him out like once a month or something like that, you know. So uh, eventually he got back to where he, he wasn't real tame, but I still petted him. You know, I petted him all the time. And, uh, I, you know, and I'd take him out and and let him walk down the street or something, you know, like every couple of months. And, uh, you know, just I had to just watch out for the dog, you know, because uh, that dog would, I, I could be all the way down to the corner. I could hear the dog barking from the door from our house, you know, just because I got the, <laughs> out on a leash. So anyway, um, last, uh, about, what, three weeks ago, uh, I was out, uh, I came home from work. Uh, let me get it straight here. I came home from work, and uh, it was like 3.30, and my daughter was here and her boyfriend, so, you know, I was saying hi to them. But I always want to check on my lizards, you know. So uh, mm-hmm. I told them, hey, i got to go outside and check my lizards real quick to make sure everything's okay out there. And I seen um, I had built uh, Blue uh, uh, an outdoor enclosure so he could go you know, outside uh, and get the, you know, the fresh air and the sun and everything. And uh, I seen Blue on the door of the outdoor enclosure, and the door is like six foot tall. It's a regular, like, uh, security screen door, and it's like six okay. foot tall. Yeah. I seen him up there, and I thought, you know what, uh, why is he up there? So I went and uh, was playing with his feet a little bit and seeing, if, you know, what he, what he was reacting like because it was kind of cold. It was 3.30 and it was kind of cold. 
And then all of a sudden he just fell and went thud right on the ground, you know. And I thought, oh, man, what's wrong with him? So I opened up the door real quick to to look at it and make sure he, you know, wasn't dead laying on the ground, you know. Because it was mm-hmm. kind of dark and I could see in, you know. And uh, yeah. when I opened up the door, he was standing on his hind legs. And I go, oh, you're all right. And I kind of waved my hand in front of him and said, tell him to get back in the barn. Like, hey, get back in the barn. And I guess I got my hand a little too close, and since he was stunned, he just let, you know lunged at the first thing that uh, that was in front of him, and he he bit my hand, and it was a it was a pretty bad bite. Uh, at first, I wasn't thinking too much of it, but uh, I I never could uh, I, I, for like five minutes I couldn't get it to quit bleeding, so I had to go to the hospital, and and I recorded all that, and everybody can watch it if they want. But I I put that out there. Mainly because I'm thinking these these lizards. He's bit me twice before. I've had him five or over five years, and uh, he's bit me twice before. And both times I just like duct taped it up, you know, and didn't worry about it. But this time the bite was a lot worse, and uh, it did hospitalize me, and I had to go in the hospital. It took about uh, eight days, so you know I was kind of wondering if it was infection or venom, and then you know I started thinking since I had been bitten by rattlesnakes and, and uh, baboon tarantula, I knew kind of what the venom was, you know. Uh, when you get bit by a venom venomous animal, it's like a, a really hot uh, pain shooting right up, you know, your arm or your leg or whatever you got bit. In both cases of me, yeah. it's my arm. And uh, you just, you can feel the hot pain just going up your arm, you know. So you know you're yeah. venomated. And, uh, well, Blue didn't have that. That pain wasn't there with Blue. But over the course of, of two weeks, the two weeks that I was in the I was in the hospital for three days, but it took eight days before I got into the hospital. And, uh, and then when I was in the hospital, during the time I was in the hospital until I got out, I was just full of all kinds of pain in, uh, in my belly and my back and the back of my arms, the back of my legs. And I just thought that might be because I was laying down and uh, the, the venom was, like, settling, you know, in my body. And that, I, that's what I think it might be. But, I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's venom or not. So, But, they, uh, hmm. you know, even so, um, I was out there today and, uh, and I have been going out and petting him. A lot of people say, why don't you use gloves or tongs or something like that and i just i have never been able to use gloves with animals until unless you know like with buddy or phil you know a wild full-grown animal i have to use gloves with until i can tame them down and that usually only lasts a couple of days but uh i as with blue i i can't um i can't really use gloves for one thing if he was to bite the gloves it would it would maybe hurt his teeth, pull them out, because they're pretty small teeth, just razor sharp. And I don't want yeah, him to get sharp. hurt. Yeah, I don't want him to get hurt by biting a, a glove, you know. So, uh, I don't know. Um, call me uh, foolish, but I went out there today and was petting him, and I've been petting him. And, and you know, he seemed depressed for a couple weeks, and he just laid around. on. He wasn't doing nothing for a couple weeks. Until I started petting him, and uh, now he's acting more like normal. So I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. It's just uh, 
that's one of the things that you learn about animals, you know, how they, how they can be. So. Well, I mean, as, as tame as you can get them, there, there's always the chance they could revert to their their wild nature, especially if they were wild to begin with. I mean, I'm convinced today that leopard geckos have been captive bred for so long that they are domesticated at this point. And uh, but something like a monitor, um, that blue was no isn't from captive bred parents at all. I mean, that's he's right from the wild, right? Oh yeah, yeah, he was from the wild and. Um... And uh, I don't think they have very many in, in the United States yet. Uh, I don't know for sure, but I really haven't uh, haven't counted how many. I, I know uh, I wanted to put the video out there because people are wanting to buy them now since they see blue on um, on my Internet. And uh, mm-hmm. well, I just want people to be aware of what could happen. And uh, I know, yeah. like I said, double-edged sword, but... Uh, if you're going to have, have an animal, you should know what's going to happen if, if there's uh, a bad situation. Uh, wow. I mean, anyway, your hand uh, does look pretty bad. Yeah, it does, but it, it's doing a lot better now. And I've been, I went back to work, and uh, like I say, I can tie my shoes, so, you know, I'm pretty happy about <laughs> that. And I guess they'll – I think the the news uh, television crew or whatever, the journalist guy uh, – the that's coming in tomorrow. They're going to want to unveil it, you know. So uh, it will be on the, on the interview. Tell us a little bit about your past experiences being filmed and um, the documentary that, that you appeared in and, and what's going on uh, tomorrow at your place. Well, that is that is uh, the documentary is going to be tomorrow. Uh, the first uh, shoot that they had was for uh, Nat Geo Wild, uh, they wanted to come in and uh, and video Big Boy, and uh, at the time it was when you know like it was like a year and a half or two years, probably two years before Big Boy died, and uh, you know it, uh, it's like they're doing now. They're coming whenever it's kind of cool, and they don't want to do anything out you know out in the yard. But anyway, uh, Nat Geo wanted to do uh, supersized pets, so since Big Boy was supersized and uh, <laughs> He went, he went on with a show like that. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, he was uh, a supersized, and he was overweight, and I know that, and uh, I know when my animals are overweight, but it's just like we have a dog that's overweight, and I can't get it underweight. It's like a little kid, you know. Uh, they eat too much, and you try to, try to keep them from eating, and they just beg or dance, you know. So it's really hard. <laughs> Yeah, like my dog. She's she's a professional dancer, and she gets she gets food every time she dances. I can't say no. Well, Mike. Well, picture me with my my big lizards, and I'm out out in their environment, you know, and they're coming up to me and wanting food, you know, and they're, you know, you can see some of them. They'll just jump right on me wanting food, you know, and uh, <laughs> you know they're not hungry because lizards can can uh, store, you know fat in their tail and they can they can live off the you know their tail for at least a month you know so uh yeah. you know they're not really starving but you know it's just like big boy you know every time he wanted something to eat he would just walk up to me and put his whole mouth around the calf of my leg acting like he was going to bite me so, oh you're <laughs> hungry <laughs> so and then you know gail did this thing you know gail would just run up and jump on me 
and want food. So, you know, it was like, like a, to me, it was like a lizard dancing, you know. They're, they're wanting food, and, and I know people might think that I don't have enough heat out there, but let me guarantee you, $500 <laughs> a month, I, I have enough heat for them lizards, you know. And, uh, yeah. Uh, and I, you know, like I, I use two hog blankets, uh, two perlite heaters, and uh, three hundred watt light bulbs, and it heats that barn up. I have that barn has four inch insulation all the way around, and uh, mm-hmm. hardboard in, hardboard insulation. It's not just that fluffy stuff. It's the hardboard insulation. So that mm-hmm. uh, I keep an eye on the heat very well out there. And, uh, and and also they say they don't get enough exercise. Well, you know, I try to make them exercise. I, I even, whenever I had Gail and Big Boy out there, and, uh, I would hide eggs or hide hide their food, you know, and out in the, the logs and in the grass, and they'd have to go look for it. And, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I just don't think it works. I just think they, they I think they have a tendency to become overweight, and uh, that's just part of living with them. I, I'm I'm hoping that they can you know, like they like I was discussing on my my uh YouTube channel that um with some other guys that uh now they're they're starting to get them thinner, you know, and and they're more physique or whatever. But I'm just hoping that that works, you know, because I was talking to a guy yesterday that's uh breeding uh either white throats or black throats and he hasn't had any babies and I'm sure he's keeping his really thin. But mine, uh, if, if you feed them a lot, they, you know, like in the wild, a lot of animals, the more food they get for that year, the more babies they have because of the, yeah. the abundance of food. And so I'm thinking that might be the same way in captivity, you know. The more food they yeah. get, uh, they're thinking, hey, you know what, we can have more babies. But I, I'm no expert on any of that. I just, you know, I try to keep them happy and like Elvis Presley, you know, they can do whatever they want. And, you know, if they, <laughs> they live they live a full life, but they live a good life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And who knows how Absolutely. long these lizards live, you know? I've got two iguanas out there that are probably, one of them's got to be 18. And uh, I don't know how long they live. I've heard they live over 20 years, but... Uh, the most most of the time, most of my reptiles die in the teens, you know, from like uh, 13, 14, 15 years old. So I really don't know how long well, they live. What's really interesting, too, about reptiles is they don't age like humans do or mammals do. They don't get gray or they don't, they don't like, decline. They, they're, up, they're pretty much the same, you know, throughout their life, and then, they just hit a point and then that's it. They they pass. And um, I mean, with some with some of them, there is a little bit you you can notice a decline. But um, but it's it's amazing that reptiles don't don't age really, you know. Yeah, in in some sense. But like my female out there, she's aging. Uh, the female iguana that had the forty nine babies. But uh, she's aging more because uh, I have to keep her away from the other iguanas because they all kind of attack her. And I don't know why, but all the the females will attack her and the male will attack her and try to, like, mate with her. But, um, you know, they're not mating with her. They're just showing dominance. And I I don't know if that's because 
be so old that she can't protect herself. Or yeah. I, I really don't know what. So I have to keep her in a separate area now. So. But, yeah, uh, it's probably they they know her as the weaker one now. I guess that uh, she's no longer um, dominant in a sense, and they can they know what they then they can get away with it. I guess you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the only one I haven't noticed, uh, like uh, trying to uh, bother her, is Tiger, and that was her one of her offspring. So it's kind of it's kind of different watching that. Uh, so you know, I I do have her separated, and, and you know, but I, I'll keep her separated probably until you know she can't you know probably until she dies. But uh, I'm also probably going to let her go out in the backyard with uh, Bruce this summer, you know, because mm-hmm. I don't I don't think Bruce bothers her. And she'll probably just climb up in a tree and stay there until she wants something to eat and then come down. Mm-hmm. And Bruce don't Bruce don't climb trees <laughs> too much. <laughs> really? No? No. Uh, she did uh, she did climb on top of the barn one day uh, I was wondering how she got up there, and I I, def- I found out how she got up there. I, I kind of made her a little ladder, and I didn't know it when I was making uh, um, Blue's Cage. I had put lattice on the inside of the cage so he could look out and get sun in, and uh, it was kind of lower to the ground, and she went ahead and climbed up that, and somehow she got to the top of the barn. But you know one thing about Bruce is if I can't find her, I can call her. She'll come to me, so that's <laughs> I I love that, you know. It's, if she's out there and she's hiding somewhere, and I'll just call her, and you know, I'm, I, I might have to call her five or six times, but pretty soon I'll hear her somewhere wherever she's coming out of her hiding spot, and uh, she'll come walking up to me. So, have you ever seen the um, the, vi- the videos on YouTube, uh, Buddy the Rhino Iguana? Buddy? No, he's a Cayman Brack. No, no, no. There's another channel. There's another oh, guy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, the one eating the cereal. Yeah, that thing, I mean, is so tame. He trusted with his little kid, and you can see, I mean, it, it, he's had the iguana for years or whatever. He actually uh, contacted, I contacted him, I think, and uh, he wrote back to me about it. And he told me that I was explaining how mine was really mean and wild, and he was like, uh, he said that it's like a mutual respect thing between him and the iguana, and he said his wasn't very friendly at first either, but um, they learned to trust each other through mutual respect, he said. And uh, he said that was a big component to it. Mm. Oh, wow. But, I mean, it, it definitely shows that you're very respectful of your animals and take really good care of them and they trust you, you know, they don't, they're not afraid of you, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, I, well, I love them, they're, they're, uh, they're really a part of me, they all are, so that's yep. why I have to go out and check them as soon as I get off work, I wish I didn't even have to go to work, I would just stay here and play with them all day, and I'd probably get... <laughs> well, when you, well, when you get really, when you get really famous, you, you, you'll be able to do that, you know? <laughs> I'm not gonna ever get famous, but I'll, I'll have I'll leave some things behind, you know, uh, some trademarks. People, I'm hoping uh, other people are are working more with their lizards and and getting their lizards in bigger cages, you know, if uh, if they're bigger like mine, you know. 
I can see having you know smaller lizards in smaller cages because what you know like the geckos they they mainly hide all the time don't they uh, whenever they're in the wild yeah. uh, they go out and eat yeah. and they go back to their burrow right so oh yeah because uh, they're prey they're prey items for so many different species yeah so you know they to me there's some lizards that that don't have to be uh, in the bigger cages but these big lizards. I want I want to see people putting them in big cages, you know, and giving them more freedom. And that, that's uh, yeah. And I think that will help them uh, train them and tame them, you know, because you can walk around them. Uh, you don't have to like uh, when they're in a cage, you have to reach in and grab them, you know. So they're seeing a hand coming down to grab them, and you know they're thinking danger, you know, danger like a a, a hawk's claw, you know. So uh, yeah. yeah I, I really, uh, I think it's a lot better if you can walk around your lizards and let them come to you, you know. I don't know if you've seen the last, yeah. lizard, uh, you know, the little geckos that I have. Have you, seen, have you seen dragons racing? No, I haven't seen that one, no. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I was playing with them little uh, geckos, uh, not geckos, uh, bearded dragons, and uh, I was teaching them to come to me, you know, I was calling them, and they started doing it, but I just, you know, they're too small for me to keep playing with all the time, but um, uh, I, I I did one. I was training this one named Razzle to come to me whenever I called it, and uh, so I was calling uh, Razzle and Bruce, and uh, they come. They both come running when uh, the dug on millworms <laughs> that I had. So yeah, it's uh, it's great. a pretty. It's uh, it's got the. Got the bearded dragon and and uh, uh, the brontosaurus dragon, old Bruce running running to me at the same time. <laughs> so yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. So, so yeah, you see, uh, your wife puts up with all these animals, no problem, huh? Well, there's a problem. <laughs> money. You don't like me spending money on them. She'd rather have a Rolls Royce out here, but you know, uh, I guess. Uh, Comes with the package. Have, yeah, it comes with the package. She met me whenever I had uh, had uh, a lizard, uh, and that was Chrissy, and she was on and uh, she was sitting on the the back, you know, like I had a Chevy truck with a bench seat, and uh, she was sitting on the back of the bench seat and uh, right by my head, and you know, it's like. Uh, yeah, she says she never saw an iguana in her life, and she thought I was weird. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so we got together. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you definitely uh, stood out from probably all the other guys you may have dated, right? This guy's got an oh, iguana yeah. for a pet. <laughs> yeah, I think so. That's, that's great. That's awesome. But, uh, hey, Dave, we're coming towards the end of the show. Why don't you uh, take a moment and... Uh, leave us with anything that, that uh, you want to make sure we uh, we get from you. You know, any kind of uh, closing remarks or message you'd like to leave us with. Well, um, if you want to tame a lizard, you got to hold them, and uh, sometimes you got to just you know hold them for a long period of time. But it doesn't doesn't usually take over two weeks uh, to tame a lizard. If you do it, you know, every day for two weeks, they get used to you that quick. Most lizards I've been around. I haven't been around them like a crocodile monitor or some of them them types, but 
I think uh, all of them, once they know that you can't, uh, that you're not going to kill them and eat them, you know, and uh, show them, you know, respect, you know, then uh, mm-hmm. you'll have a lizard, you know. And also, teach them their name, and I'm, I swear they'll come to you when you call them. All you got to do is every time you go to feed them, just start calling them. Call them their name, and uh, after a while, all you have to do is just call their name, and you'll see them coming over to you. So yeah. I think that's you know, that's the main thing I want to leave you with. And I hope people do that in the future. I want to see more people on YouTube calling their lizards. So. Cool. And, uh, uh, folks, if you want to donate to uh, – are you still doing the GoFundMe to help pay for your medical expenses, Dave? Oh no no I I stopped that uh, kind of you know if they want to go to GoFundMe that's fine but um, I I did that mainly because uh, I figure there's you know all these people pirating my videos you know I I thought uh, a lot of my subs might want to throw in a couple of dollars to to help me out but uh, okay. you know it's if they want to they can if not it's just GoFundMe Dave Durham and uh, you know, I, I, that's all. Whoever's already funded me, I, I greatly appreciate it, and uh, and I I can see, you know, how much they really enjoy my channel. You know, so uh, yeah, it, it, uh, that's an eye opener when there's, you know, people are helping you out when you're, you know, when you're down. So yeah, yeah, no, that's a cool service that uh, came up through through the internet. I like it. Um, all right, well, Dave, let me tell you, man, it's been a, it's really really good talking to you. I'm glad your hand is healing, and I'm glad you're you're still doing what you do best. And I I want to wish you the best of luck, um, you know, with with your hand, of course, and uh, the future of what you're doing, and of course with the shoot tomorrow. I hope it goes really well for you. Okay, I'll post that. I'm I'm planning on taking pictures of the guys filming me, me filming them, and them filming me. <laughs> Nice, nice. Cool. All right, well, I hope you have, uh, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, too. All right. Merry Christmas to you and, and everybody at Gecko Nation Radio. Awesome. All right, take care, Dave. All right, bye. Bye now. Got to love that guy. Dave Durham, awesome. Um, so glad he was able to join us tonight. I hope you guys liked the show tonight with him and uh, – Check out his YouTube channel. It's enlightening. It's a, it's a lot of fun to watch his videos. I particularly like the ones where he's hiding from Buddy and Buddy's got to come find him. And it's just it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, let's see. Well, I'm going to, of course, mention our sponsors, and then I'll take us out with a cool song. I'm feeling Tom Petty tonight. hope you guys like Tom Petty. So uh, one of my favorite artists. But uh, first off, let's thank Mr. Ron Tremper. Thank you, Ron, for being a supporter of the show and coming on the show as a guest and sponsoring our show. Uh, really appreciate it. Check out leopardgecko.com and uh, buy yourself a cool gecko on his available page. And check out his app, LG Pro, if you guys want to learn about leopard gecko boards, especially if you're a new hobbyist and you want to learn about what's available. There's a, there's a lot of information there. LG Pro, and there's another uh, app called L, uh, Leopard Gecko Care. Check that one out, too. That'll help you take care of your leopard geckos. And, uh, so for, of course, Supreme Gecko is doing the contest right now. I think it's still going on. You guys got to be fast, though, to get in on it. The 12 Days of Christmas, go to SupremeGecko.com or find them on Facebook. 
and uh, Wally is also a great source for day geckos and cresties and all kinds of great information on this site at supremegecko.com. And, of course, Ohio Gecko, if you guys want some cool leopard geckos and fat tails, check out ohiogecko.com and also geckoforums.net. Okay, geckoforums.net is a great place to learn about leopard geckos and leopard gecko marsh. Again, we have gecko boa reptiles. Check out geckoboa.com and gecko boa reptiles on Facebook. John's got top-of-the-line leopard gecko genetics, all different morphs. And he's got all the subspecies of leopard geckos that are available today. Um, And his subspecies bloodlines are the best in the country. They're the purest ones. He knows exactly uh, the the areas that they've come from. They're not mixed like other bloodlines. So if you want the best uh, bloodlines of the subspecies, you got to get them from geckoboa, geckoboa.com. And rainbow mealworms, I get all my worms from rainbow 30,000 a week. So uh, they're just awesome. A lot of people use rainbow. Biggest worm farm in the world since 1956. Check out rainbowmealworms.net, okay? And uh, if you guys... uh, uh, need help with anything, ask for Jillian. She'll help you out. Awesome customer service. And, of course, reptilesexpress.com. If you guys are shipping your animals across the country, and now you can ship to Puerto Rico and Canada, check out reptilesexpress.com. Get your FedEx 8 labels the legal way. you got to ship through a, a certified live animal shipper to do it legal. Okay? And that's reptilesexpress.com. Best rates. All the shipping supplies you can use uh, on their site. And if you have any questions, ask for Amy. Call them up. Ask for Amy. She'll help you out. And if you're breeding your reptiles and uh, other herps, you're going to need a rack system sooner or later. So uh, get them from one of the best. That's sea serpents. That's C S E R P E N T S dot com. And you're going to need an incubator too. So might as well go to Hotbox Incubators, grab one of those as well. Mention the show with any of our sponsors. Okay, of course, reptilestickers.com and Happy Gecko Stickers on Facebook. If you guys need stickers and logos and banners, anything like that to market your business or your little hobby that you got going on, that's a great source for graphic design work. Ask for Rachel. She will help you out. And, of course, Dubia Roaches. We all love Dubia Roaches. Uh, crickets are kind of, I don't know, Dubia Roaches are what's in. So go to abdragons.com, get your Dubia Roaches, and, of course, use the code GECKO, all in caps, at checkout. For 5% off every time. Last but certainly not least, now this is a great source for reptile supplies. Okay, if you guys are buying your stuff from Petco or PetSmart Online, you're not getting the best pricing, and you know, you should be going with our sponsor. Our sponsor is awesome. So definitely go to dbdpet.com. Use the code GNR5, all in caps, at checkout for 5% off your order. And uh, basically anything you need, lighting, heating, caging, all at dbdpet.com. That's Dale's Bearded Dragons. And you can see them at all the reptile shows in the Northeast. Mention our show at uh, one of the expos, and they're going to give you 10% off in person. All right, cool. All right, folks, I want to thank you all for being a part of the show. I want to thank everybody in the chat room for chiming in. Um, Everybody that shares our posts. Uh, really appreciate it. We got to get more of you guys doing that. It would really help us grow the show and grow our listener base, which we definitely like you guys to do. I want to wish everybody happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and to my co-host Tim that's uh, taking some time off. I wish him and his family well for the holidays and the winter, and uh, he'll be back with us when he uh, when his life settles down a little bit. 
uh, maybe I'll be calling on one of you guys out there to help me do some guest co-hosting in the future. Uh, might be something you want to do. If you'd like, if that sounds appealing to you, um, email me at geckonationradio at gmail.com. I'm not guaranteeing that you're going to be the one, but I'll definitely cons- uh, do some consideration and uh, pick somebody to help me out every once in a while. All right. Here comes Tom Petty. See you guys uh, next week. We're going to take off, and we'll be back the following week. Okay. Later, folks. One, two, three, four. My sister got lucky, married a yuppie, took him for all he was worth. Now she's a swinger, dating a singer. I can't decide which is worse. But not me, baby. I've got you to save me. Oh, you're so bad. Best thing I ever Thank you very much.